Welcome to Adapt Nation, the podcast that dives into all things self-optimization and self-discovery, helping you be your best inside and out. I'm your host, Steve Gattazzi, and today, well, today it's time for some real talk. Mano y mano, on the toll this year is having on us. I feel that we need more genuine conversation on how people are really coping and feeling this year. Not the intellectually, morally right answer. Not the politically correct or virtuous answer. Not the consensus thoughts and feelings that we've been told to experience and communicate. No. Instead, we need more real, honest and raw exploration of our complex thoughts that this COVID response is inciting. And to help get this conversation started, Bryn joins me for an ad hoc conversation that turned out to be both soothing, worrying, and yet optimistic all at the same time. This is a shorter format than our specialist topic discussions, closing in in just an hour or so. I hope you enjoy it and that it acts as a seed in which to expand your conversation, whether it be with your friends, your family, your colleagues, or even those guys on the Adaptation community. As always, you can check out the full show notes by clicking the link within the description of this episode. And if this discussion resonates with you, please do us a favor and help others find our show by leaving a five-star rating or review in your podcast app and tagging or sharing this adaptation episode of us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Lastly, if you want to take your personal growth to the next level, then do check out the Be Your Best Self-Optimization Journey, which is an online self-improvement program like no other, which lets you into the human code and helps you realize your full potential and to be your best. I've worked diligently and tirelessly over the last couple of years to create it. I really think it is an expression of everything you need to know to navigate the complexity of life, both from a health, well-being, and mindset perspective. Okay, without further delay, let's get into exploring our thoughts and feelings about this COVID response with a long-term friend and great person, Bryn Jenkins. Welcome back, Bryn. It's good to be back. It's always good having you here, man. I know we are doing this less and less frequently, and that's not by design. We should maybe try and get this back onto some some more of a normal routine. Normal routine. And I think I need to get back in a bit more of a routine myself. But listen, man, I wanted to bring you on on today because I think whilst the content that I create via adaptation is very logical. Um, it's focused on evidence. Mm-hmm. It's focused on data. There's a lot of graphics and you know data points generally, especially around the COVID stuff. There's not always a lot of raw emotion. Mm-hmm. It comes out every once in a while and sometimes without control. Um, but I don't go there often because I think the most sensible way to get people to think rationally and sanely is to take the emotion away so mm-hmm. we can look at stuff without these kind of like shitty glasses on, right? But it'd be wrong of me or remiss of me to say we are not all impacted by this year emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to just kind of shoot shoot that with you a little bit and try and understand where, where your head's at and see if we can maybe generalize a little bit as to what might be going on for the majority of people, irrespective of what they believe or what their work is. Yeah. 
You up for that? Yeah, and I, I think I'm a good person to talk to because I am. I'm a little bit naive when it's coming to a lot of this stuff just because I've had my head down. I've been crazy, um, crazy busy with everything going on and with the gym shutting down and stuff. So actually it, it in some way probably is a little bit more emotional for me because I, I'm not quite as well read and researched on what's going on as you are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good, so, good point, man. So um, where should we start? I mean, for you, so we are just to give a bit of a kind of time check here. We are the 13th of November mm-hmm. um, and we have been living through COVID related news since probably what, February, mid-February and lockdowns that obviously happened mid-March. So we are nine months in or so mm-hmm. into this and it's been a constant barrage of COVID related obsession. Where's your head at? Like right now, where is your head at? If if I'm being honest, I'm just bored of hearing about it. But um, more from the, the perspective of like when I turn on the TV and I put the news on, that's just all they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems as though all other news has disappeared. And it's like nothing else is going on in the world other than COVID. Yes. Um, so I just like when the discussion moves from covid to something else it's nice um, it's it? quite refreshing because you're like oh life is normal <laughs> right it's it's not all about covid but unfortunately it's not like that mm. um but that's kind of how i'm feeling at the moment um, when you say you're bored of it are you bored of it but also have this kind of guilty obsession as in do you want the information do do, do you find yourself seeking out when you do have the time yeah. To want to know what's going on, or would you just rather it disappear and there's zero curiosity coming from you? Uh, a bit 50 50. Like, literally, I <clears throat> so it's more on the front of things that I'm bored of it, like, as in at a surface level, hearing about it. And I think that's because I know it's more complex than what we realize. And I think that's why I'm bored of hearing about it is because it's just like putting your messages, face and it's a simple message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's more what I'm bored of. When I look into it and I see your stuff, for instance, that's when I actually want to geek out a little bit more. And I've watched things like Plandemic and I'm like, okay, there's more to this than than we know. Um, and that's, yeah, where I, I do geek out a little bit on it and, and I like to look into it. And I, I'm... I can get obsessive about things, but I haven't got obsessive over this. More from a time perspective. But on the other side of it, I would quite like it just to go away and for life to carry on as normal. That's not reality though. And that's mm. probably not going to happen. What about uh, your wife? How is she? Obviously, she's got more time to herself than you do. Mm. Um, I know she, she she's she currently working she is yeah but she's working less hours of she's got our boy but yeah. um she's yeah but, but you know the, the the combination of you know working from home and having to care for your little one having less hours than you means that she's generally got a little bit more time yeah on her hands right to think than than you do uh currently where's her head at um yeah she she can see through the bullshit a bit more than me um but i think that's also because she's read more of your stuff than i have um, because of that, she's got more time. So she's looked into it more and she's understanding a little bit more of the information that you're putting out there. So she's seeing through a lot of the bullshit that's on online and on the news. Um, so yeah, it's just a constant head, head, not uh, head shaking from her yeah. when she's seeing the headlines and things like, um, 
you know, like family members and stuff that are reading the newspaper and saying things that they've, you know, they're reciting things from the newspaper. It's actually very frustrating for us. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where she's at. So we both know that it's a deeper and more complex issue than what we're seeing on the surface. And how is that manifesting in, so you, you're describing maybe some frustration as well as some kind of just fatigue, some mental fatigue with just the constant obsession that the world seems to have with this. But is there a, any kind of deeper level emotion? Like, for example, is this having a toll on how you reflect on how good this year has been? You know, have you met your objectives as an individual? Have you been thrown off course? Do you feel distracted? Do you feel less of a person than you would otherwise be? Again, I, I know that you've kept yourself busy, which I think insulates you to some degree, but when you reflect on it this year, are there any, yeah, are there ne any negative emotions that this year has kind of robbed you of anything? Yes. Um, so as a whole, like lockdown and stuff for us has actually been quite good because it's meant that we have slowed down. We've spent more time together. We've appreciated things. And it's meant that we've made decisions off of that that have changed now what we're going to be doing moving forwards. But in terms of like the negative emotions that we've been getting from this year, um, anxiety, because you can't help but to feel like what is going on? Um because anxiety from what the 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 virus and the the fear of the virus or more the effects of the restrictions and the um, media the economy um because we're both we're not in like necessarily really we're not in secure jobs mm. um we don't work for the government um so that's one aspect and then you've got the social pressures and things that can cause anxiety i um like when you're you know, looking at face masks and you're having to abide to certain mm. rules and regulations. It has an effect like when you walk outside, right? And you yeah. see everyone masked up. So, you know, even if we do abide to it, we're still in deep down, we're like, okay, well, it, you know, is this right? And and then obviously some information that we've read, it makes you just start questioning things. So that, that kind of causes some sort of um, kind of negative emotion within you. But the larger, the, the other thing as well is that then I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that because that's not what I'm, but it's just looking at this, this situation going, I feel like there's something more going on than we know. And what is that? Because that seems pretty scary. And the fact that it's just, life's going to change. And now I have a son, life's going to be different for him. Where's that moving? Yeah. So that's caused kind of unsettlement and, and like negative emotions in terms of anxiety for us, 100%. I, you know what, let me key off that. I, thank you for sharing that, Bryn. Mm. Your last point is probably the most poignant for me because there's, I have no doubt that at some point in time, we'll look back on this year. Mm. And for as much as it's been hell on earth for a lot of people, I think we'll almost be grateful that we experienced it. It's like one of those, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those historical years that are going to be written about in history books and taught at schools for decades. Because this isn't just about a virus. This is about the response. This is about the effects. This is about the economic downturn. This is about lurching forward into some uncharted technological territories that we've never been there before. And it could be the start of a completely different way of politics. It could be, right? There are, there are many manifestations of transformation 
But is that transformation going to occur the way planned, or is there going to be a revolt that actually puts this in a in a more optimistic direction of travel? And that, I guess, comes down to the people versus down to leadership. But however this plays out, at some point in time, you and I and many others are going to be looking back at this year and go, what a year. I was there. Yeah. Right, let me tell you some stories yeah, about yeah. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of, I, I try and put it in perspective in that regard, knowing that at some point this too shall pass. And I guess we are always resistant of change, right? We never like change when it's when it feels too different. Mm-hmm. But change isn't necessarily a bad thing. And there might be some changes that happen as a result of this year that we are scared of now. But when they happen and manifest, we may think, can't believe it wasn't always like this. Like, you know, the car phones, for example. Maybe way back when, if someone could describe an iPhone 20, 30 years ago, that might have scared people in terms of what it can do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're always logged on and there's all this distraction and... And now we go, yeah, there those things are true, but we also get a lot of value and we wouldn't want it any other way. Mm. When autonomous vehicles become standard, are we going to stop being scared of the prospect of autonomous vehicles somehow taken away from the enjoyment of driving and the freedom that we had mm. um, and the potential danger of, you know, technology going rogue? Are we going to go, I can't believe I used to drive. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I know that we are going through a transformational year, whether it's, predetermined in terms of the direction we take or we're just responding and as a result we're going to go in a different direction but that for me is like I kind of have to hold this year in in that context but the second piece which is what you said was more around what does this mean for my kids what does this mean for how I try and plan for their future they're of an age where they do still need stewardship and direction. So I want to give them the best resources they have, both for the schooling environment, the home environment, you know, the mental and physical development. I want to prepare them for the future. And I've always felt that I kind of know what that involves. Mm. But this year, I feel two things. One, do you have a good, do you have a future that's worth living for? As in, I, I get, I get those kind of dark feelings a little bit going, I don't like where this is going you're not going to have the opportunities I had in terms of freedom and, you know, being able to explore things and Travel. develop careers, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the second thing is, how do I equip you for that? Like, what do you need to learn and do now so you aren't a useless, part of the useless class mm-hmm. being com- you know, completely under the farm and completely controlled? What do I gift you that gives you that agency? And that's a difficult question because I don't bloody know. And I've spoken to a few people and they've said this, Bryn, like, if I was having a baby right now, I mean, no, if, if I had the choice, I wouldn't. Right now, this year, this doesn't give me enough encouragement yeah. to say, let's have a baby. Let's bring something new into the world. Yeah. There's so much uncertainty and it feels kind of scary that I, I kind of worry for the prospects of our kids based on where things are right now. And I'm ho- I hope that that's just me being scared of the change. Mm. But part of me is genuinely worried. I, I think it's it's more the, like you're saying, it's an, the uncertainty. It's the uncertainty of the technological advancement. So it's looking at things like AI. That's causing a little bit of like 
uh, unsettled sort of feelings in people. And then you've obviously got everything going on with COVID. And then you've got things like climate change as well on top of that, which is probably even it really is the biggest issue going on right now. Mm. Um, and that for me, I'm like, why is no one talking? People are, but like at the front of things, why are people not talking about climate change? Why is that not the biggest issue? Why are we arguing about the fringe <clears throat> topics of climate change or pollution versus actually addressing the big the big rocks? Yeah. Fossil fuel usage, plastic usage. Yeah. You know, um, a culture of, you know, just using and getting, and you know, binning so much stuff. Like, why don't we talk about our abuse of resources mm -hmm. and make that the focus versus climate change because some people say climate change is not a hoax but is a we conflating two different things we're conflating the idea that the, the the climate is warming with the abuse of resource that we as humans seem to be perfectly gifted at mm -hmm. we abuse animals we abuse you know, natural resources mm -hmm. to the point of like, we just think everything is for us and we'll, we'll use as much as we want and throw away as much as we want and we have no regard for the consequences. Like that needs to be addressed for sure because resources aren't infinite. Limitless, yeah. But they're not necessarily the same thing as saying that's about climate change because is the climate changing because the climate changes because mm. that's what happens yeah. and has always happened that there's shifts in the climate. Mm. I don't know and let's not go there but the, the point I'm making is just like this year, we seem to do a really good job of getting myopic and reductive and focusing on just one thing and missing both the context and the bigger picture. Yeah. And I feel that the governments around the world are doing exactly that to us, that they consider everyone to be stupid enough to fall for their propaganda, that the world is going to end if we don't take drastic action. And I don't know, I, I, I despair, man. Honestly, I despair. I'm such an op optimistic person and I, I I believe in my ability to control my future generally. Mm -hmm. But almost every day, I am in an uncomfortable place of apathy and despair where I despair for my fellow man's intelligence mm -hmm. and critical thinking skills. I feel that everyone has outsourced their thinking to the next authority figure. And they've just given their thinking skills over to the consensus versus thinking for themselves. And I despair about that being my brethren, right? Being, being the people that I live with, that I, I need to rely on. Mm. And it also sets a tone, a precedent for how we should continue to be, which is like, just listen to the guy above. He's always got your best interests at heart, always knows more than you, and will always protect you and care for you and do the right thing, but you have to follow him. Mm. That just sounds like classic government leadership, which is, I need you to feel that you can't exist without me. And then I will give you the resources you need to have a good, you know, decent life, but only if you follow these rules. Mm. And if you don't, life's a scary slash shit place. And I just feel that this year is exactly that. Listen to us, listen to the experts, listen to the leaders who've got the money and got the power and we'll take care of you because by yourself, you're doomed. I don't buy it, man. So how, how on a whole are you feeling about everything then? So you, you've said you're kind of feeling like a bit of despair and stuff. And is there a bit of disbelief as well? Because I know for me there is like looking at this year and going, 
has this really happened? And is it happening? It, you know, you catch yourself every now and then. Is, is that something that you're feeling? Um, it's, it's definitely a mixed year, man, because I guess on the plus side, I enjoy growing. Okay. And, and this year has definitely challenged me in so many ways I hadn't anticipated. I, you know, I remember we spoke at the back end of last year talking about objectives for this year. And quite frankly, those objectives have had to either been put on a back burner or completely transformed because I'm responding. And I've got the ability to respond, both the wherewithal and the freedom and, you know, the baseline kind of knowledge and skills to do so. But I've had to transform the way I operate this year. And I've had to dig into topics I really wasn't that interested in before at, at detail level, like at granular level. So in part, I feel quite excited about the growth that I've had this year. Growth in terms of, you know, the ability to communicate a message mm -hmm. and for that message to resonate and for people to take value from that. And, you know, the progress that we're seeing as a platform to be able to share truth. That's excited me, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I enjoy learning and, and I know when I learn, Bryn, I can, I, you can't get me to sleep. You can't get me to think about anything else. I become obsessional and I can go almost 24 hours a day on it. And I currently do. So that's not a problem, but the problem is that I'm distracted, massively distracted, distracted on other business objectives, other things that I, I said I was going to do, you know, professionally or privately. I'm distracted in my training. I'm distracted in my parenting. I'm distracted in my relationship with my wife. Um, I'm very one track at the minute on this. And I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I'm beaten down. Mostly because I'm doing it to myself, right? I could choose to be ignorant, naively ignorant. And my workouts listen to my music, watch Netflix, eat food, different random chat with the missus, and just go try and go about as normal life as possible and give this a fraction of my attention. I could do that, and I think I'd be in a calmer, more accepting place. But I fundamentally, at my, my core, man, I get, I just can't stand lies. I can't stand not knowing the truth and I can't stand people trying to abuse their position of authority to convince you via propaganda to do something that isn't in your best interest. I can't stand that. Mm. So this was like a this is like like a roll call to me. This was this was a call in to say like Steve, like step up. Use your skills to give people an avenue to explore truth because right now they have none. So where do, where do I sit on balance? I don't know, man. I, I'm an optimist still by nature. And therefore I think, because I've got a thick skin and I'm an optimist and I believe in myself and I'm okay being contrarian when I need to be and I'm okay being attacked when, when I know the reason and the motivation for the attacks are people feeling threatened by what I'm putting out there. They're, thre they're personally, emotionally, egotistically threatened. I'm okay. I'm okay with myself. Mm-hmm. I don't cry myself to sleep. I can sleep well. I haven't got issues of anxiety. But that doesn't mean I am not worried. Mm. And I ain't, I'm not tired. I, I am tired. I am fatigued. I am distracted. I am annoyed with myself. 
that haven't made progress in certain areas this year that would have liked to. So it's a, it's a complete mishmash of emotions. But I guess my strength of character makes it sound like as if I'm not particularly affected when I am, because I know who I can be and I'm not being that person right now. But it also sounds you know like, I mean? yeah, but also, yeah, because it kind of sounds like to me hearing that is that you're following your your gut versus your head because your head's like, oh, I've got these objectives and I've said I'll do this and I've got the business objectives, but your gut is saying, no, this is wrong and I'm going to follow this and I'm going to, you know, um, seek the truth. So that's your gut and that's what you're following. And I think that's why you're really on the path that you should be on because that's where it's leading you. That's where it's taking you. So yeah. where it's going to end up, I don't know. But I know it's kind of a deep question, but does this as a whole leave you feeling, if you were to say, like, absolutely, are you feeling optimistic about the human race still? Because I know you were quite optimistic beforehand or are you starting to feel the other way? That's a deep one, isn't it? Um, but where's it leaving you? Are you feeling optimistic about the human race being able to get over this, basically? Do you know what? I'm I'm going to answer indirectly, and it's it's deliberate. So if I if I go off track and don't come back, bring me back. back. Um, but I read a book. I think it was earlier this year, called Letting Go. I think I mentioned it to you. You have, yeah. And it's a it's it's got a map a map of conscience, consciousness, and it, it's actually there. It's that, that one that's behind that piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And it starts at the, like, the lowest levels of guilt and shame, and it goes all the way up. Like, it's like a spectrum. It goes all the way up to like joy and peace and, and, and things like that, love. And in between, there are, you know, there's frustration, there's anger, and then there's courage and acceptance. And, and then, you know, that kind of transition now I know if I was to be as happy as I could be, I'd be live. I'd be finding a way to be acceptant of the reality that I'm living in, mm -hmm. like truly acceptant. And that would mean not stressing about how things are manifesting and knowing that everything happens for a reason and good will come. And I'm in control of my emotions. I'm at the seat of the table. I'm calling the shots. Let me call the shots in the way that will make me happy, as as opposed to stressing for stuff, stressing about stuff that doesn't directly impact me and isn't close to me, and I don't see every day. Which is quite frankly a lot of this COVID stuff, right? It's not, you know, my life is not stressful, but I'm choosing to be stressed out about mm -hmm. stuff that isn't directly affecting me. So if I could be, if I could be pure in my intent, I'd find a way to get to a place of acceptance and trust. And I started the year thinking like trust in life, trust in the manifestation of my life and trust in the world around me that I will navigate to a great outcome and life's good. And the world is good and people are good. People are good by design. Sometimes they do bad things, help them find their good, their, their good nature. But going back to your question then, do I live that reality? And me and Michelle have both read the book, keep coming back to, I am at loggerheads with myself because I want, I know it's important to me to live in trust, acceptance, love, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of space constantly and go up to joy and, you know, that kind of peace. But I'm constantly being triggered 
that lead you know to a place of frustration, anger, despair, apathy at my fellow man. And I, I can't seem to shake that off. And this isn't this isn't ju- supposed to be judgmental. This is me supposed to know I'm smarter than everyone else. It's not about that. It's about me saying there are sinister or manipulative or propagandized activities right now that don't have the full information at hand and not necessarily considering the best outcome for the individual they're trying to convince or manipulate. And then on the other side, there are people that are willingly taking the bait. And not only taking the bait, but they're advocating the bait. They're telling everyone else they should take the bait. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I can't help to go to that place of like, come on, people, seriously. Hmm. Like, can you not see the bullshit at play? Can you not see the manipulation? And why are you outsourcing your thinking? Because it's a very dangerous thing to do. So where does that leave me, man? I, I don't know. Where does that leave me in terms of hope? I'm not sure because I know my future is in my hands. And what I make of it, the emotions I, ha- I live every day is definitely in my control. I may not be able to, con- you know, I can't control the weather and I can't control, you know, how governments are going to act, but I can control how I respond to each and every day. So I am at this point of, gonna, wh- where do you want to be, Steve? Do you want to li- you stick, your, stick your fingers in your ears and go, this world is too connected. Mm-hmm. I know too much. Mm. That's not natural. Stop knowing so much. Stop looking and life simple and great. Live in naivety, in like ignorance. So like just ignore the world and the world can be the best thing you want it to be. Yeah. And stop obsessing about what you have and what you don't have and just live in the moment. And I know that's that's my desire. My strong desire is to find that place. But to do that means I have to not do what I'm currently doing, which is explore truth and explore lies. Guess what? Letting go. And expose, <laughs> expose, you know, the, the manipulation. I'm like, what's it going to be? Am yeah. I, I, I going to be truth-seeking or am I going to be emotion-seeking? Yeah. So if I want emotion, you know, good, a good emotional, psychological life, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. And that's, so that's the reason I answer it that way is I don't need to have faith in humanity I need to have faith that I can navigate the next 60 years in a way which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because I can't expect to control the world. I just need to know that I can live within it. And that, you know, that that Steve Katazi within this, within the globe, within the world, can have a good life and have a good life for his his kids and his family. I know the answer to that is yes. But I flirt with the dark side because I struggle to ignore it. Well, you're trying to make this world a better place. You're you're looking ahead and going, I don't like where this is going. And you're trying to do something about it, hence the sacrifice. And I guess it's just a matter of going, all right, well, how much sacrifice am I going to make to make the change? Yeah. Like if if I pull back a little bit, then I get that that's less sacrifice and I live a little bit more of a, a slower or happier life. Whereas if I go all out, I'm going to, there's going to be huge sacrifice, but probably bigger change as a result of it. And I guess it's just finding that balance and going, what, what am I okay with? Like, and, and 
me saying that, where does your head go when when I say that? Like, do you are you someone that's like, I don't know, like, I, I have to sacrifice and go all in? I, I think suffering is part of life, right? And I think yeah. the more suffering you can endure, the more fulfilled your life can be because you would have lived more and you would have grown more. So I I do not try and escape suffering. If anything, I, I, I walk into it as, as a default. I'm not saying it's the right way to be, it's just my nature is, you know, whether it's the gym, whether it's hard work, whether it's working late at night, whether it's like, you know, doing more than anyone else around me would do. It's just my nature to do that. And I'm okay taking risks and my wife, often gets frustrated by my risk-taking abilities because she's not a risk taker. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my nature is to be okay with the suffering and the struggle. But at the same time, I don't want to struggle and not get the benefit of it. I want to be able to struggle, but enjoy the struggle and realize that is life, that the suffering that I'm mm -hmm. exploring is actually making me happier in the moment, not for tomorrow, the next day or next year, but right now, I feel I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It comes with a tax. I'm okay with that tax. I find a way every day to be happy with the life I live, with the suffering I'm having to deal with or the struggle I'm having to deal with. And I feel that that is my life sometimes. But quite often, I don't manage my mental state well enough mm -hmm. to say, you're enjoying this, Steve. Yeah. You're, do you're doing the right thing. Feel good about yourself. Because you can get... You just get into the rabbit hole of emotions and yeah, just get frustrated that you haven't done what you should have done and yeah. and you're feeling certain ways about people that you wouldn't want to or amount of arguments about having to have online. You know, they're coming they're coming they're, they're becoming fewer and fewer, which is good because I think the sentiment is changing. Which is odd that you're growing, but it's getting fewer and fewer. Normally it's the other way around. I don't yeah. I don't really understand that dynamic and I don't want to claim that I completely get it, but yeah. it's becoming fewer and fewer, which is good. But over the last six months, I've had more arguments, <clears throat> mostly online, but more arguments than I've had probably throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be an arguer. I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, but I am okay arguing. As in, it doesn't emotionally get me down. You don't, you can't hurt me by arguing with me. It's just not a great, it's not just, it's not a great experience, but if it needs to be done, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And I'm I'm okay saying you're wrong and I'm okay going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay saying things in public that other people wouldn't say. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I feel good about it. Well, Jordan, Do you Pe know what I mean? Jordan Peterson, <laughs> uh, I was watching an interview with Jordan Peterson. He was talking about it and someone's asked him uh, along the lines of, do you enjoy like the debates and the arguments? And he's like, no, no one does. It's not a good feeling. He goes, sometimes it can be a bit of a, a horrific experience. And afterwards you can feel terrible for like especially if you're days. feeling attacked and yeah and you know what i mean like, if someone's gunning for you yeah and you go well this is unsubstantiated you either don't understand me understand what i've said or i've got so much emotional capital mm -hmm. in your current position you don't care you just want to knock me down so you feel better that's hard that is hard dealing with that and you know the amount of people that you know engage with us on our platform at the moment and just say exactly the same thing like i'm losing friends i'm losing friends because of this People think I'm a, I'm, I'm a weirdo. People are telling me to, you know, stop being a conspiracy theorist and, you know, just being smearing and attacking and trying to ostracize them. Mm -hmm. They're feeling more lonely than they've ever, ever felt before. And that's not just because of social isolation. It's because of social neglect and social argument. And I get that. I, I completely get that. 
and I guess those people are feeling compelled like me. They're mm. feeling like I can't stand by and watch blatant lies manifest and for people to buy them. So I kind of have to say what I see, speak my truth. But I'm going to have to pay the price for that. Mm. Now, maybe the price is they thin out their friend pool to the point that they actually get left with the true friends and not the pretend ones. What about if it thins out too much and you're left with very few people and you used to enjoy having a large social circle and now you you don't? For some people, that that depresses them, puts them into a horrible place where they feel completely alone. And and I've seen that. And I, I think a lot of our our page followers, they feel the same way. Mm. And um, that's it's hard, it's hard for me, but I guess because I'm a bit of a loner, as in I've never enjoyed large social groups i have a few people that i trust mm -hmm. but i'm not the kind of person who needs to have a hundred people in my little black book and feel yeah. like i'm speaking to them all the time it's just not what who i am i just need a small handful and that's enough but even that's been tested this year because you're not seeing anyone right you're not allowed yeah. to see anyone yeah. and face-to-face -face communication <laughs> is completely different to the odd text message right or the odd little back and forth on social so it's a really messed up year man and um I, I sympathize for everyone who's going through the same journey that you and I are going through, but in different ways, right? Maybe they're, they're more on your side, which is I haven't had time to really think about it, but I know it doesn't feel right. Or maybe they're more towards me, which is I have the time and or I choose to think about this a lot. And the more I think and the more I explore, the darker it gets. Or then there might be someone else, the others who are like, you know, this is all completely necessary. I don't like this year, but we're doing the right thing. I believe in every decision that we're making. I believe in leadership. I believe in the scientists that are calling the shots. And I just want this, I want the vaccine so I can get on with life and then crack on and just bring normality back. It doesn't matter which which one of those you are. Life still ain't good this year, right? Mm. Like, honestly, it's not as good as you'd hope it to be. The last point I'll make is, I don't think life was fantastic for people beforehand. It's not like as if life was a bed of roses before February 2020, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's struggling. Everyone's always struggling. Wanting more, you know, trying to change stuff, frustrated with who they are or, or want to be different, want more money, need this, need that. It's not like as if life was fantastic before and we want to return to the fantasticness that happened. No, that isn't the case. That said, we are... I feel it's just become, it is, this year has made it so incredibly difficult for people to focus on the right things. And as a result, I think most people are going to walk out, walk out of this year a little bit, yeah, or a little bit or a lot disappointed in the wasted year that they've had. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But the only other thing that I think when you say that is that people, there's less distraction and things that you can do that are hedonistic like going out to a restaurant and not that's bad but just going out clubbing and partying and restaurants and cinema and going and doing all these things and actually people are having to be more um having to look within more themselves creative. a little bit more more creative and be around the family more and but and if if you if you enjoy clubbing going to bars restaurants pubs mm -hmm. and that's part of your life <coughs> Yes, it might. You might have been getting kind of. You might be 
seeking out lots of immediate satisfaction by doing those things, but you enjoyed it nonetheless. Mm. Now, if that was your life predominantly, and you take that away from that individual, not because they chose it, but because someone chose that for them, yeah, they're they're yeah. left with not a lot more to do, and and that's the problem. I'm okay with people transitioning out of <laughs> short term, you know feeling pursuit, right? Just like stuff that, you know, mm. whether it's drugs, alcohol, or, or or just generally being a, you know, being a party person. Like, that's cool. At some point, people stop doing that. Usually, people stop doing that or do less of it. I did, yeah. Right, I mean, I did, right? Yeah. And that's that's not because those things are bad. It's just you recognize if you want to be more long-term, you need to you need to think a bit more long-term. Mm. And that doesn't mean pissing every day about, right, around, right? You have to, you have to take some stock of the day you're in, that doesn't necessarily mean just going all out every day. It's, it's kind of having longevity, doesn't it? Yeah. But that's your choice. As a, as someone who matures and life changes and pressures change, you choose that. Mm. This year has forced you to change everything, whether you like it or not. And I think for some people, that's been quite a high price to pay. Yeah, I think I think more what I meant was that people are sometimes that, 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 Forced change has to happen for them, otherwise they wouldn't have changed. And the okay. fact that that has happened to them, as a result, they have changed for the better. And I think that's just me, in a way, looking at it from uh, an optimistic view. Um, and what what some good might have come out of this as well. But obviously, like you say, there are people that, and me included, you know, this especially this time round, I'm I keep thinking, oh, oh no, we can't. I keep thinking we'll pop out and we'll go and do this and do that, and you know, I'm stuck in the house a lot more now and I am missing going to the restaurants and going out your friends as much as friends you normally and stuff. would and yeah. especially lead up to Christmas as well um, normally I look forward to all the social gatherings and stuff like that and you know every year me and my friends we all go to London go Hyde Park go to um, Winter Wonderland yeah and we make a day of it we go out and have some beers and and, and it's, it's another minute you can't but we can't do it it's not it yeah and, and, and things like that that I'm going to miss and you know we always make great memories like me and my mates doing that every year um, and that that ritual is going to be you know broken this year so what that means ongoing I don't know but it's it's things like that that I'm thinking about and missing and it is those things year. that kind of just eat at me a little bit yeah not not because I'm, I'm getting overly sentimental or romantic about those things like we don't me, me and the missus don't do a ton of socializing mm-hmm. we see people you know every few weekends we'll we'll see someone whether it be family or friends it's not like we don't have a social life but it's not a centerpiece of our life because i'm busy man Mm. busy with kids and just have having a family and all the all the work that comes into that plus my work we're busy and we're okay with that balance so it's not like as if my life's been turned upside down mine specifically hasn't but it still does upset me to know that i can't Mm organize to go to winter wonderland yeah. or see a bunch of mates just or go on a right. little holiday with a, a, a small group of people if i wanted to i should i should have the right and the freedom and the agency to do so and it's i guess i always as a person i just get i, I feel I, I just feel restricted and when i feel restricted especially when it doesn't make sense because i'm always someone who needs to make sense of everything yeah. if you restrict me you get you get my backup. If you restrict me and it doesn't make sense, you get my backup big time. Mm. And if you then try and stop me from calling you out, then I'm fuming. <laughs> and that's kind of, I guess, the place I've been living in, right? Yeah. You know, for the last year. Anyway, when when we think about looking ahead and just the general path forward, you know, we are in November. 
we've got we got until you know April probably before you know there's a little bit more light in the day and you know the vaccines are going to be rolled out whether people think they're the right thing or not that schedule starts playing through and we're going to be you know tempted with normality if we can just sign up to health passports I mean that's the reality that's the path we go on whether you like it or not, unless there's a transformation in leadership, which I doubt there will be. That being said, how how do we navigate? How do we navigate? What are your thoughts and you know your mental, emotional, psychological stability over the next four or five months? What are things in your what are you saying to yourself or what are you asking from yourself so that you make the most of the next four months? And don't kind of dig deeper into a dark spiral of despair. Well, I'm this this is kind of causing some of the anxiety because it's uh, the the doomsday that's coming where there's gonna be there's gonna be a point where it comes to a head where it's like here's the vaccine. If you don't take the vaccine, this is the consequence. And there's going to be social pressure. Um, there's going to be things like, I don't know, like you said, I don't know how it's going to look. So I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm wondering whether it's going to be like things like passport. You can't travel because you haven't had the vaccine, stuff like that. So I know it's going to come to a head, which is making me feel like, okay, that's coming up at some point. But I'm also going to look into the research and find the data myself so I can make the decision. Just like you're saying, don't outsource it have a look for yourself, figure it out and make a decision based off of, based off of that. And I think I'll be okay with the, the decision I make um, because I kind of trust in my future self that I'll make the right decision. And if that's not going abroad on holiday because I can't get a passport, then so be it. And we'll have to write it out until something happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Um, because I feel uneasy, the fact that there's a vaccine being rushed and vaccines, they they take a long, long time to come out with a safe vaccine. And if you look at, which I have looked at, the number of vaccines that come have come out over the last 20 years, it's not a lot. Like they don't get, they don't come through very quickly um, or at all. So the fact that a vaccine has come out so quickly just makes you think, okay, cool. Like it, it's kind of like eating junk food every day. It might not affect you tomorrow or the day after, yeah. but what what's, hap- what's going to happen in 10 years time? It's the unknown. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is the unknown. Yeah. It's not saying... I don't think what I'm hearing from you is you assume this vaccine is going to be mass genocide and you're scared about, you know, the reality of killing everyone. I, I think you're rational enough to know that that is not going to be the outcome we mm. see. But that does, there's a difference, as you said, there's a difference between having a cheeseburger once a year because you just feel in the mood versus living off cheeseburgers and French fries and loads of, you know, ultra-processed foods and, a, and knowing that, and 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 being ignorant to the fact that that could have some long-term functional or health effects mm. on you. You know, your your mitochondria might stop working as effectively. You might get an autoimmune disease because of all the poofers, you know, and all the all all the bad food, all the bad additives and stuff that basically are loaded in ultra-processed foods. I think you know enough to know that that's probably not a safe decision and therefore you take an alternative route you try and eat the most you know clean real foods you can you understand and there's a significance to that and every burden you place on your body is an insult and 
that insult might have just a small effect that lasts half an hour or a day or two days. But there's certain things, especially stuff that gets intravenously like dumped straight into your bloodstream. Mm. Well, the, the the point of that is that it has a long-term effect. The point you're supposed to have that is because it should give you long-term immunity. Mm. Well, what other long-term effects does it have? And you can't answer that. I can't answer that. Pfizer can't answer that. The government can't answer that. Nobody can answer that because it's a function of time and we haven't found a way to speed time up, right? And therefore, that's the reality. That 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 vaccine has been has had a safety period of a month so far. They've been able to evaluate a median time of one month after the second dose. Scary. And we're suggesting it's good enough to go. One month. What about if that within that one month, not only have you acquired some immunity, but you've also changed some neurological function or some mitochondrial function or some other function of your cells that you don't feel immediately. It's not immediate. It's not acute. You don't sense it with like, you know, some visceral effect, but you've now been put on a slightly different path functionally as a health perspective. And in five years time, you develop an autoimmune condition you otherwise wouldn't have had or you drop off a point of IQ, mm -hmm. you will never know. Yeah, And that is my concern. You will never know. And that that's and that is what scares me. And I know being in the, you know, the health kind of sector, understanding the implications of these longer term um, choices have on us. And it's good. And, and also look and study behavior, like how, how humans behave. Right. Um, and I know that this plays against human behavior because it's probably going to be a long-term effect and humans naturally don't worry too much about stuff that's too far ahead, like yeah. climate change that we, you know, we kind of, we know it's there, we worry about it, but we also do what's right now. Um, and what's most convenient now and what's most convenient now will be getting the vaccine. And that's because it means you can have your life back. Yeah. So it's going, well, am I going to wait 10 years? Like, am I going to wait 20 years? Like, Will it? It might be okay, or it might not. So it, it's that 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 you can't necessarily do anything about, which is for me the hardest bit. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I've I've appreciated this conversation. I know we're going to have to draw it to a close. Um, just a, a final thought on the same question I gave you, which is, you know, how how do I expect to navigate the next few months? For me, and this is different for everyone, for me, it's going to be much of the same. For me, it is going to be me battling between the optimism, which drives me to do the work that I do and pour over the data and the evidence and send that through to people in the best, most compelling way I can. That's optimism. If I, if I despaired, I would not be producing that work. Let's be clear. I would not be doing anything if I felt I was banging my head against a brick wall. So deep down, I know there is there is change afoot. And that change isn't just going to be defined by the, the those that are leaders and in powerful positions, but change can happen at a grassroots level. That we, the people, can start to claim back some democracy that we've lost. We can start to claim back our, our own agency for directing not only our emotional and psychological future, but our, our health future. Mm. And that is something that I think we've been conditioned to not do is don't take ownership for your health because you've got the NHS. You don't have to pay for it. Don't take ownership of, you know, your diet. You can just get some diabetes medication or get yourself a statin or some blood thinners. Like, we are conditioned to not take ownership of our own 
decisions because our lovely government and their respective services will do it for us. Now, you might think that's just, you know, it's philanthropic, it's, it's caring for their people. And it might be, and there's definitely tones of care. But there's also tones of control. Because for as long as I need you, you can control me. As long as I don't, as soon as I don't need you, I'm a rebel. I'm, you're going to struggle. And that's why I think I, people like me are a threat to the system. Because I don't fear death. I don't fear your actions. And I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. I'm going to listen to what I believe to be true. And if that aligns with your, your, your propaganda, I'll go with it. But if it doesn't, you're not going to be able to manage me. You're not going to be able to put me in a box. You're not going to be able to monitor me and control me as much as you wish. So for me, I know that's the right path is to explore truth, put it out there as best I can, have optimism that I, I, I anticipate there will be a groundswell of thoughts and actions from the people that will effectively dislodge leadership that currently has the plan they have for us. Mm. But for others, it may mean digging their head in the sand. For others, it might mean, I just need to crack on with life and try and ignore this and, and narrow my vision. Turn off social media. Turn off the news. Don't read anything. Just pretend this doesn't exist. Because you know what? If you do that, it won't exist. Because it is all in the figment of our imagination. It's in the figment of, of the data. And the data's <clears throat> completely manipulated. If you, if you turn off all of that, COVID doesn't exist. And I can understand that people choose that for the next few months to get through it. I completely get it. So it depends on who you are. Mm. Are you a truth seeker? Does it pain you to live in a lie? Or is that too stressful to expose yourself to the truth and everything that comes, all the darkness that comes with it and the arguments and the ostracism and the personal stress? And if so, it might just be easier for you to never live a narrower, more content life. But either way, I think there is a I think there is a good chance that this year will be a year that we remember for good reasons. That people wake up. People wake up to the realize their lives are never their lives. You know, you think you've had agency, but reality that 2020 has just exposed the control that people have had of you forever. Like these things just haven't manifested in 2020. They've always been there, but I've been too naive to see the systems of control that keep me in my lane. I've been too naive to see it, but it's always been there. And I think that revelation, that is the beauty of 2020s. People are waking up and going, shit, I am so controlled. It's taken, you know, tens of thousands of years of, of civilization, but it's been finessed as such a beautiful act that power is invisible, stealthy, and I'm controlled without realizing it. And I'm propagandized to think certain ways. They're not my thoughts. They're the thoughts of others. And consensus is really the thoughts of leadership permeating through the masses. And if you can wake up to that, the future's exciting. Mm. Because now you can create your own version of the truth. And you can manifest your life in a way which represents what you believe to be true versus what you've been told to be true. That excites me. That's why I do what I do, man. So I hope everyone listening doesn't think that this is just a sobbing, um, negative, um, yeah, just really oppressive discussion. It's not supposed to be that, but I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be genuine. I wanted it to be honest. And I think it would have been a, it would have been the wrong podcast 
if we just spoke about optimism. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 100%. But do be optimistic. Uh, I wish you all well and we will get through it. Take care. Cheers. Whoa, just before you go, I want to know two things from you if you would be so kind. Firstly, how did you find that episode? Was it insightful? Was it practical? Has it got you thinking about things differently? If so, do us a huge favor, please, and write us up a quick review in your podcast app, whether it be on Apple or Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform. And secondly, have you checked out the Be Your Best journey yet? If you haven't, that's cool, but go to adaptnation.io or click the link within the show notes and just take a look around. See how we put together the messaging as to the value of this online course and program. And if you've got any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. And if you're interested about it, then hey, there's no time like the present. Get involved. It's 100 days of personal growth and self-development. I am sure you're going to get a lot of value from it. Anyway, until next time, I'll let you crack on and be your best. If you enjoy this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might enjoy the show. Feel free to get in touch with us via our website, adaptnation.io, or your favorite social media channel. This has been Adapt Nation. Till next time, thanks for listening.